What a thought. What, what a beautiful song. I will send out an army to find you in the darkest night. I will rescue you. We've been uh, looking at uh, the last two Sundays about stress less and, and where do we find peace? Today's message is where do we find peace when we're in circumstances beyond our control? And that song speaks to that, I would think, do you not? I will send out an army to find you when the night gets dark. And we've been in some of those dark nights, I'm sure, in the past. Let's pray before we begin. Father God, we are just uh, coming to you right now. Father, asking for you to speak. Father, asking you to put your words into my mouth. And as I deliver your words, Father, I pray you will put your divine power upon those words. That your words can penetrate, your power can penetrate the hardest heart. So, Father, we're just asking you for that right now. We're asking the things that we do bring you glory and honor. Father, we are so thankful when we're in the dark night that you'll send an army of your angels out to find us, if you would. And you will rescue us during the difficult times that we come across in our lives. Father, we are so blessed that you call us your son and your daughter. In your name, I ask these things. Amen. Amen. All right, I don't have just one central verse we're going to look at today, but we're just going to kind of look at that theme of peace in circumstances that come up beyond your control. Uh, we, we end up having some of those, don't we? Do we not? You know, the last, uh, I don't know how many months, <laughs> on Wednesday night, on Wednesday night, we have been looking at uh, the book of Job. I mean, it's been, it seemed like it's been forever. And what we have seen is Job is, uh, is a man that God called to be. So this guy is, he is blameless. He's upright. He fears the Lord. And he runs away from evil. I mean, God even called him the greatest man in the East. That's kind of a compliment coming from the Lord, I would think. But even how great that he was, God allowed him to be tempted. God allowed him to suffer. When Satan said, I want to do something to him to break his faith and to break his will, and God said, okay, I will let you do that. I will allow you to test him. I will allow you to tempt him. But you won't be, only be able to go so far. And you know the story of Job, I think, probably, even if you weren't in that study. You know that, that when Satan came to, to Job, the Bible tells us he lost all of his cattle, lost all of his possessions, lost all of his ability to make a living, if you would, lost his reputation. That's just for the first set of trials. The second set of trials, he, he, the Bible tells us he was covered from head to toe with sores. He probably had leprosy. He was told to go outside of the, of the city and sit on the ash heap. 
He used to run the city. And now he finds himself outside of the city. His wife gave up on him, said, said, you just need to curse God and die. Well, that's some encouragement from your spouse, isn't it? He was dealing with circumstances beyond his control. People say he, God was punishing him. God was not punishing him. God was refining him and changing him and moving him. And during this process, we find that Job had said a lot of good things about God, if you would. Uh, that he, he didn't sin with his mouth. And, he's, and we've got to take the good with the bad, basically. But he also said some things that he ended up regretting. He said some things that he wished he had not said. And from chapter 3 to all the way through chapter 37, 34 chapters, we see Job struggle with circumstances beyond his control. We see him struggling with his three friends that supposedly were, were to come and help him, and yet they were very, um, very bitter about him told him and accused him of many bad things. And he struggled with those friends. He struggled with his faith. And he struggled with God because of the things that were going on in his life. He had major struggles. The Bible doesn't say how long those struggles took place. But he was a miserable man. And he ended up saying some things he should never have said. But then in chapters 38... Through 41, the Bible tells us God speaks. For 34 chapters, God is silent. God says nothing, does not give him any explanation, does not say anything to Job. Silence during his difficult times. And I imagine some of us have experienced that in our lives, have you not? When we, we come across things in our life that, that don't make sense and we have no control over them and we, and we find that God sometimes is just silent. Job was dealing with that silence. But, but in chapter 38, we find out that finally God speaks. God speaks to Job in his misery. And he asks Job many questions. He asks Job some very pointed questions. Job, where were you when I set the foundation of the world? Where were you, Job? Job, where were you when I told the waters of the oceans, this is as far as you get to go? Where were you, Job, when I said that? Job, where were you when I spun the, the planets to revolve around the sun? Job, where were you? Could you do that, Job? Job, have you ever, Job, uh, made the sun come up in the east and set in the west? Just one day in your life. Job, have you ever done that? Job, have you ever fed the animals one day in your life? Animals all over this world. Job, have you ever provided for them one day? Job, I provide for them every day. Job, have, have you ever seen my, my storehouses of snow? And how every flake is different. Job, have you ever, you ever seen that? Did, do you have any, any control over that, Job? And on and on and on, God was asking him questions. And over those four chapters, over 100 questions, God asked Job. And every question, every time God asked Job a question, 
the answer always pointed back to God. The answer was always God. And we need to understand that today because that will be the gist of the message today. You see, when we're in circumstances beyond our control and we want to have some relief, I'm here to tell you the answer is pointing to God. And if we could ever get that in our minds and our hearts, that God will be the answer to the things that we deal with, the better off we will be. Finally, after those many questions, Job, the Bible tells us Job repented and said, Father, I I get it now. I get a new vision of you, God. I know who you are because I know a better vision that I have for you. I now have a better vision for myself. And he struggled through the, the circumstances. He had no control. But he finally realized in his mind that God was the answer. God had the answer and God himself was the answer. You know, we can read all the self-help books that we want to read. But if you're looking for true peace in a, in a difficult time, they will never be able to give you lasting peace. It doesn't work that way. Lasting peace comes from a holy God. So what do we do? What do we do when we find ourselves in circumstances beyond our control? Where do we find peace in those kind of circumstances? Well, I believe the first thing that we have got to do is, number one, is to shift our focus. We've got to shift our focus. No matter what circumstances we're in, no matter how much stress that we're dealing with on a daily basis, the things that we focus on will determine whether or not we have peace in a situation or whether or not we'll have stress in a situation. What do we choose to focus on? And as I speak into Christians here today, focus on the right things, the right thing, you'll have peace. (laughs) Focus on the wrong things, you'll have stress and anxiety. God wants to give us His peace. I think most of the time when we, when we come across issues in our life that are, that are struggles and don't make sense, we have three areas that we can look at. We can either look outward, we can look inward, or we can look upward. And we get to choose which way we're going to look. You see, if we look outward when something comes into our lives that just doesn't want to fit, Looking outward means we all we can do is look at a problem. And we focus our minds and everything, our energies, upon that problem. Maybe that problem is a bill that we got, a finance, a debt, or whatever. And we, and, and we look around, we don't have that kind of money to pay that, and, and we focus on that. We fo- focus on that debt. We focus on... Um, a disease that maybe we have. We, we have been, our minds have been so wrapped up in, in COVID the last couple of years. And we seem to focus our minds on that. And we focus our minds on that, all we become is more stressed. Maybe we have focused ourselves on the past elections, which maybe that's caused you some stress. And we look out towards the problems. And when we look out towards those problems, we find no peace. Because we're, issue, we're thinking of only of the problems. We can also look inward. 
when we think about ourselves when problems come. We see ourselves and we, and we think about how we're feeling. We think about uh, uh, how's this going to affect me. We think about that, that I just don't know how I am going to get through this. And this issues comes up and this circumstances and we focus on ourselves and we focus on our own abilities. And when we find that, we find no peace when we do that. You see, Job did both of those. Job looked out to his problems and he couldn't get past them. Job looked within to try to solve his problems and how he felt and it never brought him any peace. And the time that he finally got peace was when he decides to look up to the Lord. When we decide to look up to the Lord for our strength and for our refuge. When we decide to uh, to cast our burden that we're dealing with at the foot of the cross and just leaving it there and let God just deal with it. When we figure out that awesome God is on our side and we begin to look up instead of out, instead of within, and the Bible says peace will now come to us. You see, the solution for hard times during difficult circumstances is to focus our hearts and minds on a holy God because He can provide that kind of peace that we want. It's illustrated. That point has been illustrated in Mark 4, if you would. And you, and you know this story. Uh, but it talks about in Mark 4 that, that Jesus and the disciples were in this boat. And the Bible says they were going to the other side of the lake. And as they were going to the other side of the lake, I guess Jesus had had a long day. So the Bible says he went to go lay down in the stern of the boat. So he is catching a few Z's as they're traveling across the waters. He's asleep. And we know the story that the story says that all of a sudden a, a huge storm pops up on the lake. A, a, a strong gale that, that was, was looking to ruin them. Strong enough to capsize their boat. And those fishermen who were disciples that had fished all their lives, they knew that they were in a bind. They knew that they were in a trouble. They could see the, the issue. They could see the problem. They could see the, the waves coming up on the boat. And they grabbed the oars and began to try to get back to shore. And with all their strength and with all their might, the Bible says, they could not make it. The storm was too great. The storm, the, 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 what was happening was impossible for them to get back. See, they were looking outward for their solution. And their solution was to row as fast as they could. And they were having no luck. A couple of the disciples said, we need to go maybe wake Jesus up. How can he be sleeping through this? And they went and, and, and shook Jesus. And, and, and they said, Jesus, don't you care? about what this storm's going to do to us? Don't you care that it's going to topsize this boat? Don't you care we're going to liable to end up in the bottom of this lake? Don't you care, Jesus? You see, when they had a circumstance beyond their control, what did they do? They were looking within the rest of those disciples. They were looking at, 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 at themselves and saying, what can we do? Don't you care, Jesus? And you know the rest of that story, don't you? The Bible says that Jesus got up he stood up and he commanded the wind and the waves to hush and to stop. And the Bible tells us immediately everything got calm. You see, 
when we are in a struggle, when we're in circumstances beyond our control. I can promise you, because the Bible promises it to us, that Jesus is in the same boat with you when you're dealing with that storm of life. Jesus is in that same boat. And we can choose to look at the storms of our lives and focus on them. We can look at the inward focus of our lives and that nothing's working. But as soon as you focus on holy God and Jesus Christ, who is in the boat with us, guess what happens? The storms will now hush. What a great promise that we have. Can I promise you that we'll do it today? No. Can I promise you the storm will stop tomorrow? No. But I can promise you because of God's word that it says the storms will eventually hush when we put our minds and our focus on a holy God. What a great promise that we have to be able to cling to when we're needing peace and we choose not to focus on ourselves and we not focus on the outward appearance, but we focus on God. I'm going to give you three things real quick today about who God is during the storms of our lives. The first thing that we will see is that God is an active God. I want you to understand that. God is an active God. I I think back in the 1970s, uh, I think it was the 70s. I I know I was just a wee little lad in the 1970s. A wee little lad. That there was a newspaper, a magazine article came up that said, God is dead. God is dead. Well, I'm here to tell you they missed it, didn't they? God is alive and God is well. John 5, 17 says this. My father is working. This is Jesus speaking. My father is working until now and I myself am working. God never stops to work. He is, God is active in your life and in my life. He is active in your family He is active around the world, and God is active around this whole universe. He holds it all together, does he not? As as everything is spinning around, he holds it all together. You might not know it, might not see it, might not even recognize it, that God's at work. But I can promise you, because God's Word tells us, that God is working in your life. God is working in in the circumstances of your life. You might not see it, might not even know it. But I can promise you, God is working. And when we're in a situation, a circumstances beyond our control that makes life very difficult, the Bible says God is alive and well, and He's working for you. And He never stops working for you. We can illustrate it this way. When you were in your mama's womb, just a very, very small person, you were, you were not a fetus, you were a person. Okay, let me be the first to tell you that. And when God jump-started your heart, ba-boom, 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 that heart has never stopped, has it not? Unless you've had heart surgery, that heart has never stopped. It has beaten, contracted, released. Ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. Since that first minute time in the womb until even as we speak right now, that heart continues to beat. You see, that's a picture of God working in your life. That is a picture of God working in our lives. That's a picture of God's working in the life of America and around the world and around this universe. God never stops working for you. I want you to understand it. He is active, he's alive and well, and he never stops working. So many people, though, and even Christians, I think, sometimes we get to the point where they, 
we get to the point when life is hard and, and we just go, um, uh, God, you just, you just seem to be so far away, God. You're just so far away. God, you must be just sitting on your throne up there and, 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 and looking down and, and you got this thing all going down here, but, but you really don't care. Or maybe, God, you really are just dead. And people get this idea because life can be hard sometimes. And as Christians, sometimes we even take the same approach, do we not, when life gets hard. We, 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 we think, God, where, where are you, God? I mean, really, don't you know what's going on, God? Where are you, God? God, don't you care? God, can't you do anything? God, can you, can you not do anything? God, are you just on, on a break today? And, and I'm struggling here, and I got this stuff that I can't do anything about. And, we, and, we, and we, we sometimes question, God, where are you? Don't you care? Don't you love us? Job did all of that. Job got to the point where he said, God, he just don't care about me no more. And I'm here to tell you that's the wrong approach. That's the wrong focus. That's the wrong way to deal with circumstances beyond our control. Because God is active. He's alive and well. And he's working for you on a daily basis. The Bible tells us in Psalm 34, 4. It says, I sought the Lord, which means he is looking upward. David is looking upward. And he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. What a great promise. I sought the Lord, and he delivered me from all of my fears. Psalm 34, 7. I like this verse. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Did you know you have angels, if you're a Christian, born-again Christian, you have angels that encamp around you. If we've got 50 people here today, we've got at least 100 angels in here because the, the Bible uses the plural form of angel. There's at least 100 angels in here guarding us and camped around us and protecting us. What a great promise. And, and, and we need to remember that when circumstances happen beyond our control. God says, I have dispatched my angels to encamp around you. And I will rescue you, he says. In Psalm 34, 15, another great verse. The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous. And his ears are open to their cry. He is alive and well and active in your life. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. And saves those who are crushed in spirit. Another great promise when life turns sour. Psalm 46, 1 says this. He is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. And you read those verses and you think about those and you meditate on those verses. Not one of those verses says that God is dead. Every one of those verses says God is active. He's alive and well doing his thing you see the bible says and we look at those verses it says god sees your circumstances he sees what you're dealing with he hears your cry when you cry out to him he hears that he sees it and he hears it and the bible says he is near to those who are brokenhearted he is near to those who are dealing with circumstances that are out of your control he is near then it says he, is, he saves those 
who are crushed in spirit. Those are all promises. He is alive and well. And when things happen in our life, He is our refuge and He is our strength and He is our help in troubled times. Christians, we have got to get to the point in our lives where we take God's Word and we believe it and we trust it and we stand on it and we let nothing, nothing take it, take that away from us. As long as we try to do everything on ourselves and do our own strength, we will never have peace in those kind of circumstances. But when we choose mentally, spiritually to trust His Word, what does it say? He is there for us. He rescues us. His angels camp around us. I see it. I know what's going on. And I will rescue you in my perfect timing. He will say, God is alive and He's well. Even though you can't see it, He is working in your life. The second thing I want you to see real quick is that God is sovereign. Sovereign. That's an interesting word. That's a good, good biblical word. Good Southern Baptist word, if you would. Sovereign means one who exercises supreme control. But I like the verse that he's got up there, the definition that makes it simple for guys like me. He says, sovereign is the one who is large and in charge. Okay, that's simple. And you know who that is? Who is large and in charge? God Almighty is large and in charge. I mean, that's just... uh, I love that definition, large and in charge. You know, God can do anything He wants to. You know, God can allow anything into your life that He wants to. God allowed such pain and suffering into Job's life. And people say, well, God was punishing Job. God was not punishing Job. God was refining Job. God wanted Job to get a better vision of who God is so he could get a better vision for who he was. And once he come to that point in his life, he repented in ashes, the Bible says, in sackcloth. And he said, God, man, I, I sh- I've messed up. And guess what? God forgave him because of that. You know, God does things in our lives that results are good and for his glory. It happened to Job. It happens to all of us. God allows things in our life for our good and for his glory. We must never, ever forget that. You know, whatever happens in our lives, we must trust God knows what's going on. You know, whatever happens in our life, whatever that circumstance is, does not catch God by surprise. Did you know it? it, Whatever happens in our lives does not drain His resources to be able to help us. God never has never said, man, oops, I didn't know about that in your life. He never said, oops, did he? He never said, I know, I didn't know that was going to happen in your life. You see, God knows everything. And sometimes God does things. Sometimes God allows things. And we've got to learn to trust him and believe in his perfect plan for, his, for our lives. You know, when it's all said and done, I hate to tell him this, but politicians and governments are not in charge. They're not in charge. Doctors and hospitals, as, as good as we want them to be, they're not in charge. Holy God is in charge because he is sovereign. The educational universities around this old country, they're not in charge. Even though they might be teaching bad stuff, they're not, still not in charge. 
pastors and churches were not in charge. The one who's in charge is large and in charge, and that is God. And when we start looking to Him and focusing our hearts and minds on Him during troubling circumstances, the Bible has promised us, has He not, that we can have peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that makes no sense. But as long as we focus on our problems, as long as we focus on ourselves, the Bible doesn't promise that we'll have that kind of peace that surpasses all understanding. The Bible promises that when we look up and give it to the Lord and let Him bring us that peace and let Him bring us a good, happy ending. God is active, God is sovereign, and God is personal. God is personal. When we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, because of that, we now have a relationship with Holy God. The God who created the heavens and the earth, who spun the planets to go around the sun, who established all those galaxies, who's made it so big that it's billions of light years away, and he holds the galaxies in, his, in the palms of his hand, we get to have a relationship with him. I don't know about you, but that ought to be exciting. The God who loves us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross. From the beginning of time, God has wanted to have a relationship with man. You go back to Genesis and Adam and Eve. There was that intimate relationship between those two and God until that relationship was broken. God has always wanted to have a relationship with man. And the only way he can have a relationship with you and I is when he sent his son down on this earth to die for our sins so that we could have eternal life, yes, but without Christ in your life, you cannot have a relationship with holy God. He loved us so much. Son, go on down there. Take your 33 years. Sacrifice your body so that I can have relationship, fellowship with mankind. That's what he wants. God wants nothing more than for you and I to be able to, when we move from this old earth, to be in the very presence of him. Because he cannot stand the thought of us not having fellowship with him. It doesn't work that way. You see, God is personal. He is a personal God, and he wants us to have that relationship. Man, what a privilege we have as Christians that, number one, we get to pray to the God of the universe. We can come boldly to the throne room of grace, God's Word says in Hebrews, where we can find grace and find mercy and find grace and receive grace during our troubled times. What a privilege we have to be able to pray to the God of the universe. What a privilege it is to be able to read His Word and to meditate on His Word in this love letter that He gave to us. And said, so this is how much, how much I love you. And here is, here is your rule book, if you would, for life. I want you to know this book. I want you to stand on that book. What a privilege it is to be able to read His book and meditate on it. You see, the Bible also tells us what a privilege it is to be able to ask God 
whenever we need wisdom. When we need wisdom. You know, if you got kids, you need wisdom. <laughs> I'm telling you. And grandkids. You need wisdom how to operate in this old world. You need wisdom how to deal with those kids. You need wisdom to be able to function in this old world. And the Bible says, all you got to do is ask me. And I'll give it to you. What a privilege it is to be able to ask God, God, I just don't know what to do, what direction to go. God, I need your wisdom. And the Bible says that wisdom is better than pure gold and pure silver. Better than that. Better than any valuable out there. Wisdom. We have the opportunity to have that wisdom. And another great privilege of being, being born again and having God who is personal in our lives is we have the Holy Spirit that lives within us. The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit who, who, who the Bible tells us will speak truth to us when we ask for truth in His Word. The Holy Spirit who convicts us of our sin so that our fellowship with Him can be correct and right and pure. The Holy Spirit who... who sends us down the path of righteousness. What a privilege it is because God is personal. And what a, what a great thing to have the God of the universe through the Holy Spirit living within us. They don't get no better than that, boys and girls. You talk about personal. It is personal to the point that He lives within us because we've been born again. He is our helper. He is our counselor, the Bible says. He is not our enemy. He is our friend. What a privilege to have a personal God who lives within our hearts and our minds 24-7. You see, we think about God and we think that God is all loving. Yeah, He is. He loves us so much that He, that he wants the best for us. Did you know that? He wants the best for us. God is all-knowing. He knows how to give the best for us. And God's all-powerful. He has the power to give us the best. You see, that's the character of God. And when we are dealing with circumstances beyond our control, we've got to remember God wants the best for us. He knows what's the best for us, and He can make that happen in our lives. And He'll do that when we look up and not out and not within. What a privilege it is. He has promised in 419 of Philippians that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. He will provide what you and I need because we are his children. When, when Bryce and Drew were growing up, mom and dad, we said we got to supply their needs, do we not? But I don't have to supply somebody else's needs. See, we are God's children and because we are God's children, He will supply the things that we need in order to be uh, successful, if you would. However you want to define success. Proverbs 18.10, He says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. We have a personal God who says, says You just come to me anytime you want to, and you'll be safe. Proverbs 18, 24, we says we have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. God is personal, is he not? When we are dealing with circumstances in our life and we're looking for answers, I hope that we'll be like Job at the end of Job's struggles. 
not during his struggles, <laughs> not as they were happening, as he looked out and looked within. But through his faith and through God revealing things to him, God told him, he said, the answer is in me, he would say. The answer to problems that you deal with that you have no control over. The answer points to God who is active in our lives, who is sovereign, can make his, make his own decisions, and he is personal. And he cares for us because of that. In whatever situation we are in, whatever circumstances we are dealing with, we have that one really great promise. And that's Romans 8, 28. What a, what a peaceful verse. We have that one, Dirk. I don't remember if we got that one. No, that's fine. And we know God causes all things to work together for good to those who, are, who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. When we're dealing with circumstances beyond our control and we begin to look up instead of out, we have that promise. We have that promise. And we know God. We know God. We'll work all things out for good. All things out for good. For those that love him and those who are called according to his purpose. Another, another great promise that he's given to his children. He'll work it all out. Do we need to be patient sometimes? Yeah. God's a perfect God. Has a perfect plan. And he has perfect timing. We must trust that. When life gets hard circumstances get where we can't control them we must be looking up because we're looking up to an all-loving God an all-knowing God and an all-powerful God what a great fringe benefit of being a Christian that <laughs> we can take it to him and allow him to work it out for good for my good and for his glory what a promise as we begin our invitation time, Trisha. I hope this is an encouragement to you. Man, I just hope it is. I mean, I mean, we live in a stressful world. We don't have to stress. We can stress less. We can have peace when the circumstances are out of our control. We have no, no say in what's going on. But if we look up to God, God is there. He is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our help in troubled times. And He'll send His angels to a camp around us. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we begin this time. Man, I hope, I hope it's been a, an encouragement to you. I hope that, that we can see that, that we're not out here just floating around doing our thing and just having to endure whatever happens. Christians, we don't have to be that way. We've got a holy God who loves us, who's active in our lives, who's in control and in charge, and he's very personal to all of us. I would ask you to do business with God. If you're looking for that kind of peace, just tell him. Open, honestly. Ask him how to have that. He'll tell you. As the piano plays. All to him I owe.